Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Belgian Football Podcast. This time we're having a special episode. We are going to look back on all the transfers that took place in January, the ins and outs from the Belgian Pro League, club by club as well, so no club will not be covered in this episode. Scott and Joris obviously are joining for me and are very excited about this one. How are you guys doing today? Locked, loaded and ready to go. Yeah, something along these lines. <laughs> Almost as enthusiastic. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to take, we're just going to kind of go by the table, I think, guys, aren't we? We're going to take the team in first and just work our way down, look at who they brought in, who left, maybe give them a couple of grades as well if we're feeling like we want to bash a couple of teams or praise a couple of teams, we'll do that. So we'll try and keep it as concise as possible so that if you're interested in a certain team, you'll definitely get to hear about them. Let's jump straight in with Club Bruges. I'll just run over quickly their, the incoming players that they had. So obviously the one everyone knows about, Bazdost. He joined from Eintracht Frankfurt for around about 4 million euros, according to Transfermarkt. Uh, Nabil Dirar, 34-year-old uh, winger from Fenerbahce, joined on loan for around about 700,000 euros loan fee. Stefano Denswil returned uh, from Bologna, centre-back. He's joined on loan. Tahif Chong. Was also joined on loan, Man United player. He was on loan, I believe, at Werder Bremen to start the season, but has since made the switch over to Belgium. And also another signing that they made, he's kind of gone straight into the second team, is uh, Daniel Perez. Uh, he's a striker, Venezuelan striker from Metropolitanos. Nice and easy for me to say. Uh, we've actually got some information on him from some Venezuelan football friends which we'll go into later but first of all guys actually yeah, i'll start with you scott what what do you think about club Bruges transfer incomings in january on the whole i think they've been pretty good I've, I've not necessarily understood everyone and and some of the choices they've made but they've addressed the main issue um by bringing in baz dos they, they they've they, they've got a striker with experience who will certainly see this season out for them and probably still make a strong contribution next year as well so in the the immediate short term they, they've addressed that in quite a big way i think you know, minimum expenditure. I mean, Dost is the only one really that they've they've spent any money on, and it's relatively modest at kind of four million euros. But their their income from the outgoings is where it gets really interesting. I think you know we'll touch on that in a minute. But on the whole, I think Bruges have had one of the better windows of of the pro league sides, and enough, I think, to to see them over the line to the title now. Yeah, no, I think. Bazdos definitely is. He is kind of at the standout one, isn't he? We've been talking about for a while that they need a striker. And he has a proven goal scorer. He's done it in the Bundesliga. He's done it in Liga Nos. Everywhere he goes, he kind of scores goals. And I think, yeah, I think there was some question about whether he's a striker they need. But I think age-wise, kind of like profile-wise, I think it's just it was just kind of like a perfect fit, really, to, like you said, kind of see them over the line. And he started with a bang as well. I think that kind of always helps, doesn't it? Like scoring, what was it? 12, 13 minutes into his debut, he was on the score sheet. So that's always helpful. Yorish, what do you think? Let's kind of like move away from Dos, because I think Dos is kind of the standout one of this. What about the other guys they brought in? The two, well, three loanies, I guess, if you include Chong, who was quite a late one as well. Well, I would say on the whole, even with Dost included, they, they seem to have gone for the, the quick success route, so not, not not really the longer term future. I think with the, with the with these low knees, I think they covered the positions and they probably are looking for bigger targets uh, for in the summer that were for some reason not, um, yeah, they couldn't get to this window and uh, they reverted to these low knees. 
which might turn out well or might not, but either way, they will not lose much money on it. And uh, yeah, just the one, the signing, the, the re-signing of Nabil Dejar is a bit weird in my opinion, since he's playing more as a right back lately since, because of aging. And they have a young talent in uh, Ignaz van den Bremt there, which is yeah kind of blocking him. And I don't really understand that transfer, but still it's 700k and it's an experienced player. So we'll see how... How this go? Maybe maybe you can actually teach the, the young guy some some things. But I think they covered the position as well. Yeah, no, I think that that's very true. Um, I find the Chong one. I, I, I yeah, I find that one slightly strange because I feel like they've got young, kind of exciting wingers there. Like, but I guess it's kind of like he fills a gap. He scored on his debut as well. So yeah, interesting. I know like there's a lot of Man United fans who are quite excited about him and his talents. Didn't really get a crack at Bremen from what I saw. So. Yeah, it's kind of a good chance for him to really kind of push on, I guess, at a club that is good at developing young players. Uh, before we move to the outgoings, I do want to touch on Daniel Perez. Quite an interesting one, actually, guys. So he's only 19 years old, Venezuelan striker who we probably won't be seeing in the first team this year or maybe even next year. He's gone straight into the second team. Really want to give a shout out to Redwine and Alipas on Twitter or at the false libero who got in touch to give us kind of a good lowdown on Perez really in detail stuff. And he just looks like a quite an exciting young player. So as I said, he played for um, Metropolitanos in the Venezuelan league who themselves were only found in 2011, I believe. But yeah, he was kind of there. He was a top scorer in the reserve leagues at the age of 17. He was then their top score, the top scorer in the first team at the age of 18. He's six foot three. I think the release clause that Club Brugge had to meet was only about 250,000 uh, US dollars. And he's on a four and a half year contract. So they clearly see him as like a prospect. Our friend Redwine and Alapas kind of, gave, he said he's got shades of Harry Kane about him. So I kind of, yeah, that's quite a big, big boots to fill. But maybe he's the Venezuelan Harry Kane which would be quite cool for him but yeah he talks about how he's quite a good player like dropping in picking up the ball he can also come out wide and stuff so he sounds like a really really exciting player who's kind of young and up and coming in Venezuelan football and we already know we've already got one very good Venezuelan league already so for those of you listening to this definitely keep your eye on Daniel Perez as a future prospect and once again massive thank you to Redwine and Alipas for sending over that information if you are interested he actually went into a lot more detail about Daniel Perez so please do let me know and I can definitely give you that information as well so yeah expect to see a bit of Daniel Perez in the second tier and definitely look out for him so guys let's move on to the out goings i guess the biggest one is was clepin diata not surprised really that he left uh, monaco came in with a 20 million euro fee and it was never really going to be declined was it he was always going to have to leave at some point it's just a shame that he had to leave halfway through the season but he's gone uh, luan perez has gone to santos for three million euros uh Steve shrivers who we'll talk about later has gone to leuven manuel dennis has finally got his big move and he's ended up in Köln, which for me is painful because obviously i do not want Köln to do well as a dusseldorf fan so yeah i hope he doesn't do well but kind of hope he does well for himself but not well for the team uh, Michael Klemencic has gone to Pauk on loan and Simon Deli surprisingly has gone on loan back to Slavia Prague Joris I'll start with you quickly on this one outgoings for Bruges what are your thoughts they they did the business that they wanted to do I guess and well the Atta they probably didn't want to but they got a decent amount of money so I don't think they will be unhappy uh, about that yeah some players wanted some more time uh, some more playing time so they let them go Scott you got any Thoughts on Bruges' outgoings? Well, I think the notable thing is just the 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 income 
really, you know, around 26 million uh, euros they've made from those outgoings. And that's that's the real story there, I think. I think some of those players were, were going to be going out at some point. Um, some of them probably should have already have gone before now. The, the thing about the Dennis loan fee, actually, and it's just a loan fee, I mean, just over 1.2 million euros is is a fairly hefty loan fee in its, in its own right. So, um, yeah, it's it's... Good good business by Bruce. Yeah, I think the Dennis one is really interesting. I don't want to stay on Bruce for too long because I know we've got loads of other teams to get to, but you think about the numbers that were being banded around with Dennis over the last kind of two seasons or so, like you had people talking about some crazy, crazy numbers were being quoted with Dennis. And it's like, well, he hasn't, he's barely even featured in the first team this season. Like He's played a lot of the um, Champions League games and stuff like that. But in the league, he's not really set it on fire. Not in the way that Diata has. Like Diata has been fantastic and probably you'd suggest he is probably a better player than Dennis at this point, but Dennis going into arguably a better league starting straight away for Curl. So I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts. And if like playing in a bigger league does like kind of motivate him more and we get the best out of Dennis, because that could mean that in the summer they can sell him for the money that was being touted. So interesting one to watch. Let's move on to Royal Antwerp FC, our friends over at Antwerp. And they've had a reasonably busy window. They brought in a striker in Felipe Avenatti. He joins on loan from Standard Liège. Uh, was struggling to get game time there. Brought in a goalkeeper, Orthwin de Wolf, moves from Cas Urpen on loan. Maxime Le Monchard, Le Marchand, sorry, also joined on loan from Fulham. And Jonathan Bellingi has returned. Scott, thoughts on Antwerp's business? I'm a wee bit baffled by their business, <clears throat> excuse me, to be honest, guys, because I was trying to work out, are they, are, are they stronger? After this window, and I'm not, I'm not so sure they are really. I think obviously there's a bit more strength and depth now to the goalkeeping pool, and up front bringing in uh, Avenatti uh, from from Standard on loan. I think you could argue that yeah, okay, there's a little bit more depth there because you've got another option. But on the whole, I, I'm not convinced they're they're coming out of this window stronger than than going in. That that's my general feeling about it. Yeah, I, I'm. Um, yeah, Yorish, you go next because I'm still trying to work out what I think about their transfer. With probably <laughs> their most important or notable incoming transfer is Lamcalze, and they are coming out of it stronger with him, I think. But that's of course one that was already there, so it's a bit of a cheat. Um, most importantly, here I see like they didn't buy any player. It's like it's probably a recurring team or among most teams, but there have been a plenty of loan transfers but they didn't bring in any player for yeah for any kind of money also with their ongoing ones uh, same goes by the way um so like expenditure zero income zero is what we can read here it's probably not completely zero but still it's it's all going to be marginal sums and that's quite interesting also since they apparently missed out on Vukovic from uh, Vasan Bevre and on Sakala from Ostende at, at the last minutes for well especially with Vukovic Everything was there. He, The guy was already at the stadium, didn't play last week against them, and still the deal fell through. So I'm not sure what to make out of that, but that's more a money thing, I guess. But I, I can't imagine that Wasson Beven is asking that much money for Vukovic, um, that Antwerp is not able to to pay. Yeah, I'm also not convinced. I don't really know what to make of it. Yes, they got a striker that they definitely needed that, I think. I'm not sure if it should be Avenatti, but... Well, yeah, it could it could be. I was just gonna say I, th- I think I think the the 
the baffling nature of Antwerp's window is probably underlined by obviously a new manager coming in during the window is is not not ideal as well because you know you've got business ongoing that that may already have been in the pipeline and then a new manager comes in and you don't really have time to uh, alter plans or, or things like that so it's one of those where this is definitely a transfer window that I don't think is that you would you would put on Frankie's desk, you know what I mean? I'm not sure really how much of the incomings or outgoings here for Antwerp really are are, are his actually. So that that's another factor in this as well. And the summer's going to be a, a more important time for them, I think, than than this window, especially since they're kind of essentially doing all right at the moment. Yeah, I think what you mentioned as well, Joris, is quite interesting about missing out on Sakala. Like, you add Sakala into that kind of incoming thing and I think my opinion slightly changes more I'm like okay no yeah they went and got a quality striker in who's on form as well like and the same with maybe Vukatic I know like yeah like Fazden would have asked for too much but you're getting like a good experienced centre-back I can't remember if they signed Liam Marchand he was a deadline day signing if I remember rightly so maybe he was always kind of like the backup option in case they didn't get a Vukatic or maybe they wanted both of them I'm not sure but yeah I saw some good there was an article I can't remember where I saw it about his the character of um, Le Marchand. He seems like a very good character person as well to have around the stadium and the club. Guys, are we expecting to see Jonathan Bellingi at all? Do we think he'll get another shot at Antwerp or do we think he's probably going to end up going anyway? I wouldn't imagine. I wouldn't imagine so unless there was any injuries. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So you look at the some outgoing. So we've had Ivo Rodriguez has left uh, Famalicao in Portugal on a free transfer. Benson Manuel has left on loan to PEC Svola. Louis Vestata has gone back to Vazan Bevern on loan. We'll talk about that one later when we get to Bevern. Junior Pierce, centre-back, has joined St. Truden on loan. So we'll get to that one later when we get to them. And Christian Benevente went back to Pyramids FC, but he's now gone to Charleroi on loan. So not many outgoings, really, I think, to really talk about. We'll move to Joris's side, KRC Henk. So they brought in two players. Mark McKenzie, the centre-back from Philadelphia. He joined for around about 5.45 million euros. And Angelo Preciado, the right-back from Independiente. Uh, he has joined for 3 million euros. Joris, obviously, we've got to go for you on this one. What's your opinion of the incomings for Genk? Both transfers seem to be like very decent transfers, and like you would expect some some adapting time for both players coming from different continents. But it seems they both already made some game time, and they seem to adapting really quickly and really don't not having that many issues. I just feel like they should have brought in someone. Well, actually, I don't know if they should have brought in someone because they have these young players on the for on the wings for when Ito and Bongonda are um, yeah, out of form or just need some rest as well. I feel like they should have done something there. Maybe a short-term solution as well, like a loan um, since they're not using these young players anyway. If they want to use these players, I'll be even more happy and to make them see progress, but I don't. I think they probably should have gotten a, yeah, an attacking winger. Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, yeah, I really like, you talked about McKenzie and I've yeah, I'll talk a bit about Preciado. I really, I really like the look of him. I think we were speaking on our WhatsApp, weren't we, that we kind of want to see more of him going forward, kind of not as in like more from him. We want to see him given more opportunities to go forward. Unfortunately, when players get sent off in big games, he doesn't really get the chance to do that. But there's like been moments, hasn't there, where you look at him and you're like, yeah, no, this kid's exciting. I think as well, your transfers in terms of age-wise as well, like Mackenzie's 21, Preciado's only 22. Like that's some exciting young players for the future, for sure. 
And if you can bring in those youth players to do the covering instead of signing players, it's always good. But hopefully Bongonda and Ito can stay fit because they've been really, really exciting to watch so far this season. Yeah, and of course, actually also, it's not a winter yes. signing, but well, coming since we already had Antwerp as well, we can, we, we can mention him already. He's already going to come in in summer and now not going to play for half a year, probably at Antwerp though. But Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah well. I'd be very surprised if I think Jordan Lukaku is going to be playing left wing back for Antwerp for the rest of the season season because why do you play Euclid if he's not going to hang around yes mate I have mixed feelings about that one as well I I like him as a player but I'm not sure about the consequences of for some of the other left backs because there was no shortage shortage of them yet and I like all of the ones that we have so far yeah no for sure we'll quickly move to the outwards outward players that have left and Scott I'll get you to analyze these ones once I've run through them so Joachim Mele finally got his move away it wasn't to Marseille this time it was actually to Atalanta he went for about 11 million euros Sebastian Devaste finally moved as well he's gone on loan to Toulouse Dereven Seegers has joined <laughs> KVC Vestalo Mats Müller Daly has gone to Nuremberg on loan I really wanted him to go to Fortuna Düsseldorf but he didn't which is a shame Ade Woyi Centre-back has joined RKC Valvic in Holland. And Elias Sierra, uh, central midfielder, 19-year-old, has joined Heracles Almelo in Holland as well. And Zeno Gano has joined Kortrijk. Scott, after I've butchered all those names, why don't you give us, I'm guessing Mele is probably the big one to talk about here. Yeah, I think, I think he is. Obviously, you know, he commanded big fee as well. And he's chosen the end to go and play with uh, Jean-Piero Gasparini's Atalanta, which I can understand as a choice, actually, because Gasparini is one of the most interesting kind of coaches working in, in, in Europe at the moment. And that Atalanta side are um, really quite quite something, actually. So he, he, I think he's going to have a great time there, whether he plays or not, to be honest. I think the interesting take, thing to take away from, from Genk's business here, again, is much like much like Bruges, just, just great business. I mean, Genk, by far the biggest expenditure in the window as well. 8.45 million euros they spent between McKenzie and Preciado, and then 11 million coming in for, for Malaga going out. So they've they, they've spent big, and there's a sense that they're kind of planning for the next two or three year cycle you would hope. And Yoros raised a really good point, actually. I think maybe the only thing that's missing is another player with a reasonable degree of experience who can come in and provide extra depth should anything happen to Ito or Bongonda, but his, his reasoning behind why that hasn't happened, I think, is equally sound as well. But I'm quite excited by Gink's business. I think it's I think it's smart business. I think they've signed well, good players, and I I'm 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 kind of quietly confident of of a positive season for them next year, um, and and a real title challenge that can be sustained because they those signings are smart. I think I feel like. There's one outgoing transfer that worries me a bit. Well, actually two, but mostly Elias Serra because he's a youngster. He didn't get a chance. He did, and that's why he moved. And that's becoming a recurring issue with Henk. And yeah, they're proud of their youth academy, but they're not using them enough. And this is what it leads to. Like he had a missed loan transfer in the summer. Um, and I think the deal was almost done, but he had to stay probably maybe because of the rule of, of uh, yeah, they have to have enough Belgians in the squad. And then he only got 10 minutes in the already lost game with nine men against Beerschot and nothing else anymore. And now he just wanted to leave, which is very unfortunate because he was a very talented young player. It's sad to see him leave. I hope this doesn't happen more often. And uh, that there's more of a, I'm a bit worried about the youth plan with, with Henk lately. 
Yeah, no, I think that's kind of like what every fan wants, isn't it? Like you want to be pushing forward, but you also want to make sure that there's players coming through the academy because there is something about having those academy players kind of make that step up. Like that's exciting, like seeing the kids like move on from the academy into the first team. And and like you never know how they're going to really adapt until you give them a chance. So I think the way the Belgian league's set up, I've always kind of maintained this is like it's a good league for that because of it's actually because of the lack of relegation spots, I guess, like you can afford to give them more of a chance depending on what your priorities are. So if Genk's priorities are to push up in the league, it's kind of like more difficult. But yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see some more of the youth players. But yeah, definitely two very exciting youngsters that have joined them. Moving on to Standard Liège, not much to talk about here because obviously financially there's not much that can happen at Standard Liège, especially in terms of incomings. One notable incoming, the centre forward from Hoffenheim that joined on loan, Xiao Klaus, already scored a goal. Yeah, looks like a good signing, doesn't he, Scott? Yeah, I think so. I think... um... You know, he, he gives them a slightly different dimension, I suppose. Turned down Mechelen, which I think was slightly odd. I mean, obviously, I think he was holding out probably for what he thought was a bigger club. But I, I find that decision quite interesting in itself because the thing with going to Mechelen is if you're looking to kind of reignite your career a bit, which is what he was trying to do with his loan move, wherever he ended up, I, I think going to a side that create lots of chances for you to score is actually quite a good way of doing that. He's gone to a side who, who are bigger than 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 Mechelen are obviously, but you know aren't necessarily um, the the right fit for him. Although he's, he's he's doing okay, and I think he will do okay at Standard. I think this, the the thing to take away from Standard's business is I think they've had one of the poorest windows of all the sides, and I, I base that more on on you know the financial issues that we all know about that you kind of touched on, Ben. I think really the the focus for them was on trying to get people off the wage bill and kind of get people out the door a little bit and if you're judging their window on the basis of that alone then I, th- I think it's been a pretty poor window um, admittedly they're not in a very good negotiating position because obviously everybody knows the situation they're in which doesn't help but I think their window has been pretty miserable I think yeah no they haven't sold anyone uh, it's just two loans yeah. obviously Avanetti as we already said and then um Bolivic has gone on loan to Cass Urpen so that means players like Ulare are still there like the high earners are still there. The young players that probably they could have got some money for are still there because maybe like you said, like negotiation wise, mm-hmm. they probably expect this certain fee and clubs are saying, well, we're not going to pay that because we know that you need X amount of money. So, yeah. I think to be, I think to be fair to standard, actually, I'm being very critical of their window, um, which I should be, of course. But to be fair to them as well, when you think about this and you look at it from the outside the scale, the scale of um, the issue there and the turnaround required is actually not something you can deal with in one window. So realistically, to, to do what we're talking about here is at least a two-window job, arguably a three, to be fair. So it's not while it's not the end of the world, I think um, they, they've got a big summer ahead of them, that's for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's kind of interesting because like, we're standard at least on the pitch it's starting to turn around a lot more like yeah plays starting to change it and like it's looking a lot better than it was and I think I mean if he keeps this up he's definitely got to be offered the job full time I think they'd be crazy yeah. not to do it so maybe get him full time in the job but then in the summer he can be like right these are players I desperately need to keep to start building a team around these guys you just got to get rid of at all costs really like and I think sometimes you just have to take a hit don't you and just be like hey yeah. we're gonna sell for less than we think but at least we're getting the wages off the books yeah yeah I just also feel a bit think well think or wonder if the results that they got now which were getting better 
indeed influenced the, the outgoing transfer window now as well, that Lay also maybe said like, okay, no, I know we need to cut, uh, cut costs, but please let me hold on to a few of these players and then let's get a good finish, which also bring, brings money in the, in the drawer and European football, which is more interesting for players as well to come in, um, to get them maybe more cheap and so on. I, I'm not sure. And also I'm not sure if that's the right thing to do, but like, like I said, I don't know if there's anything to it at all. But if there if there is something to it, I don't. I'm not convinced it's the the right thing to do in their situation. No, that makes total sense. Actually, when you said that, that just like yeah, that does make sense, doesn't it? Like they they are starting to get better, so you kind of just completely flip your your priorities and think, okay, let's just eke out what we can. But if they have another drop off in form and they don't make the European football, like like you said, you're just like then it's kind of like is that the best thing to do in their position? So yeah. In not the best window, but at least they got a striker in. I think they needed to get a striker in because while they have Muleka, I think his injury record this season, they needed someone else there alongside him as well. So yeah, we'll move on to a club that did a lot of business in this transfer window and Anderlecht, or as our friend What Load of Waffle likes to call them, Loan Delect, which <laughs> is very, very apt. And yeah, definitely credit to him we didn't come up with that that is definitely one of his things and yeah the more you think about it the more it's true so they brought in Majid Ashimelu central midfielder on loan from RB Salzburg 23 year old Ghanaian Abdullah Diaby makes a return to the pro league he's joined on loan from Sporting Jakob Larsen, left winger Danish left winger formerly of uh, Dortmund now of Hoffenheim at the moment He's also joined on loan. Luka Adzik, left winger, has returned from his loan in Turkey. And then they brought in Vornahan, the goalkeeper, on a free. And Mohamed Bukhawi, also on a free. Adzic is already on another loan, well, a sub-loan, I guess, or something like that, to, to Emin uh, as well. So that's uh, important to mention here. Even more loans. <laughs> just a never-ending loan cycle. Yes, yes. Sorry, I just realized he has gone to Emin. Thank you, yours. While you're there, Joris, what do you think about uh, Anderlecht's loan business? It's what they have to do, I guess, in their situation. So, but in comparison to Standard, they, they actually did a lot of business. Like expenditure, nil again. And outgoing, we, we will get to a little, not much, but at least a little and like plenty of more loans to come. But I'm, I'm curious. Um, I, I think they did a good job in comparison to Standard in being in maybe even a slightly more dire position. But I don't know, especially since... They seem to have a lot of talent on the field, so they can risk a bit more maybe that the, they will sell them for a lot more. And I'm convinced that Ashimero will be an interesting signing. Yeah, I think they did good business. The AB is an interesting one as well. Uh, Excluding a player, of course, but not having done much after leaving Belgium. So that one I'm not so convinced about. Yeah, and for the rest, you can't do much wrong with these loanies. Uh, they added some bit more depth and... Uh, they I, they hope to have added some creativity uh, in their squad and, and goals. Uh, also with the Abi, I guess it's a small gamble that they're taking. And like if it doesn't work out, well, then it doesn't. And maybe I do wonder. I, I'm just kind of I don't know what you think, guys. Actually, I, I want to ask you this: the Ashimiru one, obviously, is kind of the headline one when 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 you're looking at Anderlecht. But I did manage your reaction was okay. There's there's one eye here on on Lakonga probably in the summer. There was a lot of speculation that he might have gone out in this window which didn't happen in the end, but there is still a lot of interest from some some of the really big fish in, in the European
European pond, uh, you know, kind of tracking him. And I did think when Ashimiro, I thought, okay, right, well, that's that's probably with one eye potentially on what might happen in the summer around that situation as well. So they've left their options open there a little bit, which I think is kind of quite smart because he's, I think he's quite a good player um, who, if he does well, I would imagine they would maybe look to, to, to make it permanent. And that's much more likely to be the case if, if Lekonga does go in the summer for a really big fee, which is, is looking like it might be the case. Yeah, and also like the impressive part in that sense, like impressive, I don't know, it all depends, but the potentially impressive part is that they got a reasonably low buying buying clause uh, with it. Yep. So yeah, that, that's that's the good part about that deal. Yeah, I think indeed, uh, definitely also one for the future to see how, if he doesn't completely disappoint uh, in the next half of the season, I think yeah, it's actually quite clear that they will sign him already. Yeah, I think I'd be shocked if um, Lekonga's still there. Uh, in the summer, like for next season as well, because yeah, he's been such a good player this season. Lokonga's salary alone, getting rid of that already pays the purchase option for my <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much they get. So. Amazing, amazing. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I think, yeah, interesting. Like, I quite like uh, Jakob Brunlarsen from when I've seen him play, so it's interesting to see him come into Bruges. Like, he did play a fair amount for. Um, Dortmund, if I remember rightly, unless I'm thinking of someone completely different. Yeah, an interesting one. And like you said with DRB, it's kind of like a free hit, isn't it? It's just a loan. What happens, happens. Right, here we go. The outgoings. This is, yeah, we, we, I'm sorry to everyone if you want us to go through all of these. Obviously, we've also already mentioned about Percy Tau going back to Brighton. Everyone knows about that one. Some kind of standout ones you got. Uh, Landry de Mata has gone on loan to Espanyol. I believe there's an option to buy on that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um, ob- obligation to buy if they promote obligation. as well. Okay. Oh, yeah, if, if they go if up, yes. Michel Vlap has gone to Armenia Bielefeld in the Bundesliga. Uh, Zakari, Zakaria Bakali has gone on loan to Beershot. I read somewhere that his wages are like in the million, like 1.6 million euros a year he's on. So, yeah, that's a lot of money. Mustafa Bundu, the player they signed in the summer, the player I really liked, he just hasn't done it, unfortunately, for them. Uh, he's gone back to the Danish league. He's on to Copenhagen. And yeah, I think that's probably the main ones, guys. I don't know if there's any other ones you guys want to bring up, but there's a lot of loans really, isn't there? Like a couple of sales and Milik has gone to Lech Poznan, the centre-back, but... I think they've left their options open, actually. That's the mm. thing that strikes me about it. I mean, something like 14 have gone out. Most of them are loans. And, you know, you're looking at that and you're thinking, OK, just let them go out, let them play. And then in the summer, you know, decisions can be made, which is pretty smart thinking, to be honest. Well, I think the decision has been made that they want to get rid of them. But, well, it's still better to get them out and, and, and play and then get something from it in the summer. Um, yeah. Like- like many of them, indeed, as as we already mentioned, have a Timata also had a big salary. It's most mostly about the salary cost uh, cutting, and uh, there's a few that they probably do, still pay a bit of the salary or most of the salary. But just if they get playing time, they get more in the picture, and hopefully they can get rid of them in the summer. Like the the mismanagement of the club in the past few years seems to be over. But yeah, they still have to clean up. Like like you said, with standards, they, they might need three windows. Well, uh, Anderrecht is also inside these windows and it will go on because there's a few contracts until uh, 2023 still, I believe. Yeah, no, I think as well with their like, um, they're going to get some big fees for some of their young players as well. So that's always going to help with like kind of speeding the process on. Whereas for standard, it's not quite like that, is it? They're not really going to get those big fees. Let's move on to Charleroi. 
Yeah, they've had like a, a reasonably interesting window, quite a few loans as well. So Christian Benevente, as I mentioned earlier, uh, he's joined on loan from Pyramids FC in Egypt. Jordan Bataka, he is joined on loan from Ghent, who he only just joined in the summer. Organjim Vandres has joined on loan from Anderlecht. Anas Zarui, 20-year-old left winger, has joined from Lommel. Eunice Bahadir's 18-year-old right-back has joined from the uh, Genk under-21s. Sergit Kliplay has joined on loan from West Brom. And Parfait Mandanda, one of my favourite named players in the world, has returned <laughs> on loan from loan at Hartford in America. Scott, I'll go to you first on this one. What do you think about Charleroi's loan business as well? Yeah, I think it's I think it's been pretty decent on the whole. I, I think Charlotte have a very good transfer model. Actually, I think their 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 operating model with all transfers, regardless of which window it is, has has served them quite well for for a number of years now. I think sometimes that means there are some players that come in on windows that that are a bit strange. Benavente is a little bit strange. Uh, obviously, John Flanagan coming in, although it wasn't in this window, he was a free and um, has just kind of disappeared without trace. Was just bizarre uh, but you know that, that that's a that's a separate story and um, the one that kind of caught my eye just on a personal level was uh, Cedric Kipre coming in from West Brom on loan Kipre is a player I, I've seen in person actually a few times because he spent he spent a season playing for Motherwell here in Scotland um, regular listeners will know I'm based in Scotland so when I've been at Celtic matches um, I've seen Kipre uh, up close a number of times and um, he's a very decent player indeed who I think uh, will fit the pro league very very well so if he stays fit and gets an opportunity I think he's a player that could slot into that side and do a right good job for for, for Charleroi so I think on the whole uh, for for a very small expenditure sort of half a million euros they've they've strengthened I think at the back I think Baranya's quite a good uh, acquisition as well yeah pre- pretty 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 good enough enough to keep them ticking over at an impressive level I think yeah I would give that um, B plus <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Jordan Vitak alone as well. It just seems like such a shallow signing. Like yeah, goes to get doesn't one. really get doesn't really get the game time or something like that. But then he comes to shallow time and stuff like that. And I think he had a pretty nice assist in his debut as well. Like he went on like three or four players. It was quite impressive. Yeah, I'm very much hoping we see some parfait mandando at some point in this season. That is my like my hope for this my hope for the year. Some some perfect mandando gets to play, but I don't think that's going to happen, even though they have been having goalkeeper struggles. Let's have a quick look at the outgoings. Obviously, as I announced that we said earlier, they signed Anas uh, on from Lommel SK. He's now gone back there on loan uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, Lucas Sobrero Costa, Brazilian attacking midfielder, he's gone on loan to Molenbeek. Uh, Gaetan Hendricks, defensive midfielder, he's gone on loan to Cortrite. And Sturgios Malinos has been released. Joris, anything there that stands out to you or is it just kind of a standard kind of big club just loading some players out to smaller teams yeah i don't think there's much in it i kind of know many of these players uh hendrix is a decent signing for Kortrijk. i think one of their only ones but we'll get to that later i kind of just want to jump back to the incoming ones and say like this has just all the Mohi Bayat signs all over it. Benavente, Bayat player, Branias, Bayat player. He just wants to transfer them all uh, as much as possible and get <laughs> as much as money uh, as possible. Of course, he's also a family of the owner of Charleroi, so that, that does help. But yeah, like 
and he's also like the main figure in the in the corruption scandal. Uh, well, one of the main figures there. So that's why I'm still a bit wary of it. Uh, but yeah, still on the whole, I think for Charleroi they might be decent additions to the squad. Although I'm still a bit hesitant with saying that, as you can hear. We'll move on now to Beershot. A couple of incomings for them. They signed Stipe Ladic, Hajduk split young centre back for about four hundred fifty thousand euros. The Sheffield United link continues. George Broadbent has joined on loan he's been playing for the under 23s as you talked about earlier Zakari Bakali has joined on loan from Anderlecht Joris I'll go back to you give you the first kind of dibs on this one I guess the kind of standout one for me is maybe bringing in Bakali as a replacement for Tisu Dali yeah very 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 weird one in my yeah. opinion but also yeah so they they are taking a bit of a portion of the salary of course not the whole uh, big amount. I don't know if it's 1.6. Anyway, a big one. Uh, yeah, that's like actually, I think they got rolled by Anderlecht here. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's interesting that they only signed one centre back. Like if you'd said a couple of like months ago that they were only going to sign one centre back in January while their defence was just like leaking goals, we'd have all been a bit like, mm, I think they need to sign a couple more than that. But <laughs> Defence has improved, so I'm not sure how much of um, Stipe Radic we're actually going to see, but it's always when you see like a 20-year-old young centre-back, it's always like an intriguing thing. Not sure how much of George Broadbent we're going to see as well. I'm no expert on Sheffield United under-23s, but it's only alone. Scott, I'm going to jump to you for the outgoings. I think the main one that we need to speak about is Tarek Tusudali. He has left for Ghent. Reported fee of around €750,000, which in my mind is a bit of a bargain for Ghent. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think huge miss. He's going to be a huge miss. I mean, he, this is a this is a transfer that we kind of got wind of here a good few weeks ago. It feels like ages ago that we first heard rumblings that that, that Ghent were, were going to try and pick up Tisadali. It was only when, when Lasada left recently, we did wonder whether, whether he might go to the MLS as well. Uh, and I'm sure there was maybe some phone conversations over the last few days, but reportedly he's on on a very big salary. Tisa Dali again as well. Very good pickup for them, especially at that price. You're, you're right, Ben. That's a that's a total bargain. He's going to be a huge miss actually because we we talk about this a lot. But that play between Holzhauser um, to Tisa Dali for beer shot was a kind of standard template that they used to revert to a lot and was incredibly effective for them. And we've already seen this season that when Tisa Dali hasn't played for beer shot, they've they've really struggled and Holzhauser has not not produced the levels of of genius that we know he's capable of when Tisadali hasn't been playing. So there was something in that relationship that 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 was really really important to that side. So they're going to have to re- readjust. I think as well um, having Will still take over from Helen Lasada means that not only is there going to be an adjustment in playing style, I think it's going to affect the overall dynamic of the squad, which probably explains why there's there's not been too much business going on there as well. It, it's just I suppose tinkering is the word that springs to mind. And maybe maybe that's all they need just to kind of settle things down. It's not always the case that you necessarily need to, to, to bring in people or clear out a lot to change anything. So I, I think the the quietness of their window shouldn't shouldn't be alarming to anybody, really. Yeah, no, I completely agree with everything you said there. Uh, we'll move on to East End. This one shouldn't take too long because they've signed absolutely no one. Um <laughs> Which again, like it's not, it's not really. I think it's kind of the same, not not in the same as Beershot, obviously new manager and stuff. But I think kind of like the squad's nicely balanced. Would you be you'd kind of like upset what they've got going on there, and what they've got going on there is quite good. The only business they have done is Toby Siddick has gone back to Barnsley and Fabrice Ondoa, which I 
believe we spoke about a few months ago. He's been released after the COVID party. I don't think we really need to talk much about Ustendu. I think they're doing well. They kept their manager. That's probably the main thing. They've kept kept Sakala as well, who's on fire. But they didn't want to. So that's, I think we do have to talk about Ostend a bit about the deals that they didn't make because I, mm-hmm. they're not that financially viable yet. And still, they, they rejected a 5 million offer for Arthur Teat uh, to Bologna, which I sh- think they should have taken. And well, Sakala, yeah, okay, that's not really their fault, but they really wanted to sell him. But he wanted to stay and then want to make a, a bit more personal money and his agents as well in summer. That's that's not really up to them. Um, but yeah, I still feel like they should have taken some financial profit out of their good season so far already. Because the thing with them is also, I feel like, except for Takala and maybe a few others, there's they're not individually very strong players necessarily, but it's really the squad. So I'm not sure whether these players will, the in a different environment, will perform as well. Although, of course, you can say like you don't want to lose their squad, and of course, the 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 yeah the 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 progress on the field is more important. But like I still feel they probably should have not rejected such a big offer. I think you stand at another one of those clubs that 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 have got some quite big calls to make in the summer around a number of players and. I think Ben's point about them not wanting to rock the boat, I think, is is behind a lot of this, certainly. And I'm sure the decisions that they have to make in the summer have probably already been made. And perhaps that's behind some of their thinking here. Yeah, I think it's important they hold on to blessing, but that's that's a that's a that's a separate a separate discussion, isn't it, guys? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, yeah, no, you're sure definitely right about like financial, like take advantage of what you've done so far and with the play that we spoke about this before, but yeah, like they're not individually they're not the best team. They're just a good team together. And like, that's, you have to give credit to the manager for that. So like replace the manager, is it going to be the same? And like, yeah, their best assets may be like sell while you're high. I don't know. Cause if Blessing leaves in the summer and then they struggle a bit next season with these same players, like, are they going to get as much money as they could have got this window or maybe even in the summer? So we'll see what happens there. We'll move on to Leuven now. As we've already mentioned when we talk about Blues, they brought in Sieb uh, Schlievers uh, for about 2 million euros. Definitely a good pick up that. I think we all agreed about that. Filip Benkovic has joined on loan from Leicester. Andy King has signed for free of Leicester. Scott, kind of three main signings for Leuven, two younger players and then an experienced Andy King. What are your thoughts on what they've done? The business has been kind of quite modest, but I actually expected it to be because they've got quite a good squad uh, with a decent amount of depth anyway. So the 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 additions really just add to that a little bit. Shrevers, as we know, is, is is a good player. I think that's a good pickup actually. Benkovic is another good pickup. Obviously, working the the Leicester ownership connection there. Again, Benkovic is another player I've seen quite a lot of in person because he spent a season on loan at my team Celtic when when Brendan Rodgers was there, and he's he's quite. A a highly thought of young player, quality defender who's never quite achieved his, his potential so far, which sounds ridiculous to say for somebody who's still only 23, but he doesn't... <sighs> 
He's got a slightly questionable injury record. He does have some issues with his knees that I should put out there. Don't expect to see Philip Benkovic playing on the artificial surface at St. Truden's Stein ground anytime soon, because quite often he'll, he'll, um, he'll, he won't feature on artificial pitches, and that's because of his knees. But he's he's a very good young player, forward, really accomplished, modern centre-half, actually. Good ball carrier, can pick out a pass, uh, good tackler. Uh, I, I I would like to see more of him start actually at Leuven, but I, I don't know for well. It'll depend on circumstances. But that was a that was a really good pickup for them. Yeah, no, definitely, um, definitely interested to see if he does get to play and like in, hopefully injuries do stay away because it's always annoying when a young player's like career is ruined by injuries. I'll touch quickly on Andy King as someone who saw quite a bit of him when he played against Reading quite a few times in the championship like he's 32 now so he's kind of getting on a bit but he always was like a quality quality player and like really highly regarded maybe he can have like a a Javier Mercier sort of like renaissance back end of the season but again I'm not sure how much he's actually going to play it's like central midfield they're quite good there anyway obviously he's going to bring some experience and like quality Premier League winner as well so you can kind of always chuck that in there but yeah for free as a free agent I don't know what the wage situation is but as a free agent it's kind of like a no-brainer kind of working at Leicester link when the players have left Leicester Yorish again probably not much to speak about on the outgoings just kind of Daniel Everson who played like a couple of games at the beginning of the season he's gone back to Leicester on loan I think he's been loaned out to a championship side because I'm pretty sure I saw him the other day playing against Reading then Brent Lays and Jordi Gillikens have both gone to Lies in the second tier so any missed transfers that you know of with this with the Leuven? No, not not really. No, for sure. So yours, I'll give you Zolta Valagem again, kind of like a quiet window. They brought in Antoine Kalasin on loan from Andelect, young player. So a few Zolta fans weren't kind of keen on getting him in. What do you think he's going to bring to them? And do you think he's going to feature for them? They needed a striker anyway, and they brought yeah. that in. And it's a young one. Of course, it's just for Anderlecht again, good business. I don't know, they probably don't get much, but he can play. He didn't play at Anderlecht and now he is Getting is already getting some playing time. Is it the best move for him to move to such pitch? <laughs> That's always the question. But apart from that, yeah, think, right. <laughs> um, apart from that, I think it's a decent deal for for all three parties. Yeah, it was quite quiet as well. So that was kind of like they're only real big incoming. Uho Nisila, Finnish attacking midfielder. He went back to Finland to play for Cups, and. Mikael Soy Salo, another Finnish player. He's gone to Riga. FC in Latvia so yeah quite a quiet window for Zolta not surprised because as you just said about the pitch I doubt anyone wants to come and play on that pitch so very hard to sign players but they're going quite well anyway in the league like financially they're not in a really strong position either so it's kind of like keep what you've got they kept hold of uh, Gianni Bluner as well he's hung about so not the worst window for Zolta I know Yelly Vossen was linked with Mechelen but that never materialized either so not really too much to talk about on Zolta. But speaking of Mechelen, this team that Scott has a soft spot for, so I feel like we should go <laughs> to Scott on this one. Brought in a couple of players, most notably uh, Ferdi Druf. He's coming on loan as a striker from Alkmaar. 
they needed a striker, didn't they, Scott? Desperately. Yeah, they did. I mean, the, the, the number of chances that Mecklen create and subsequently miss is just staggering. We, we spoke about it a few times. So, you know, a striker who can convert some of those chances was was very much the priority. They didn't get their first choice. I think Ferdy was was probably the third or fourth choice, to be honest. Don't know what to make of him for the most part, actually. It's one of those where we just need to see over the course of the next few weeks whether he can bed in and and do anything. He, he scored he scored in the cup there um, the other day I think which I suppose will do his confidence kind of good hasn't necessarily been starting regularly since he came in uh, which you wouldn't expect either I, I've been saying for a while that the Mecklen squad needs a lot of work and I still feel that way I don't think they've done anything at all in this window to really address those concerns but I think their recent upturn in form has kind of alleviated those worries so that you know they they don't really need to think about well they can't obviously either but they don't need to kind of think about this again until the summer now so the upturn of form has kind of come about at just the right time again they're another club who've got some big calls to make in the summer I think about a number of things including some of their some of the loan signings that are there I think um, Marion Chived obviously uh, who's starting to uh, make an impact so we'll just need to see what happens but um, I'm just pleased that they've had an upturn in, in form recently so it means I don't have to be too critical of them here <laughs> No, for sure yeah, I think it's interesting that the upturn in form's come and it hasn't been from anyone that they brought in striker-wise Outgoing-wise uh, Rocky Bushiri has gone well, he kind of left but he's back in the league so that's cool we'll talk about him later uh, Interesting one was uh, William Togwi uh, he has gone to Tunisia with uh, Esperance. Yeah, I think I'm kind of like a bit like, oh, about this one, a bit mad about this one, because I thought after last season, like Togby was really good coming off the bench and he scored a couple of goals and like, okay, like this was going to be his season, like Dicamago would kind of step aside and then would get the Togby, like would fill his boots, but it just hasn't quite happened for him this season, has it guys? It's just He just missed a couple of chances at the beginning. Confidence has gone. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I leave, believe there is a uh, option to buy for Esperance. So that could be the end of William Togby, which is a shame because I thought he had something to offer in the league, but it just hasn't quite worked out. Moving on to Ka'a'a Ghent. Who would have thought we'd be getting to Ghent this late in the show? If you told us at the beginning of the season that Ghent would be down in 12th by January, <laughs> we've all been a bit surprised. But here they are. Obviously, we've always talking about Tarek Tisudali. We know he's going to be a big miss for beer shot. We think he's a great pickup for Ghent, so we don't need to speak too much about this one. Hot take, he's not going to succeed at Ghent. Ooh, go for it. How come? But okay, not a, not just, I'm not sure if he will fit into... That squad yeah. uh, as well as with Bear Squad. And I'm just always a bit wary of players that have, um, at a later age, have one, well, half of a season at the highest level uh, and then uh, get, a, get a move. I'm always a bit wary. So, um, well, I'm, I'll be happy to be proven wrong. No, I know you, uh, it's, you're so, like, true. You do see it quite a lot, don't you, where like players make that move and then it suddenly becomes a very bad contract and a bad move. Yeah, I feel like they just, something about the way he plays i feel like they may have to do something to get the best out of him they may have to switch up some systems but i feel like if they do that they probably can they also brought in a striker from the israeli league i believe he's half ethiopian half israeli which is quite an interesting mixture uh, Jonas malede he's only 21 years old as well and he joins from maccabi Netanya. 
yeah, not sure how much we'll see of him now, but definitely one to keep an eye on. Talking about players, agents, typical do do the hand transfer, um, so <laughs> an obligation for Hint um, as well. <laughs> We're not cynical at all. Um, you can tell Joris knows a lot more <laughs> about these things than us. <laughs> Jor- Joris knows his agents, folks. Joris yeah. knows his agents, which Absolutely. is which is good for me and Ben. Yes, yes. We're like, oh, an innocent transfer. And you're just like, well, actually, <laughs> it's not as innocent as we believe. Yeah, unfortunately, that is the way of modern football these days. Outgoings for Ghent. A couple of loans. Uh, Eric Smith has joined St. Pauli. Jordan Bataka, as we already mentioned, gone to Charlois. And Tim Kleindienst, the summer signing from Heidenheim, has returned to Heidenheim, where he scored 15 minutes into his return again i guess scott this is kind of like if you look at bataka and you look at kleindienst two summer signings that just never really were right for ghent in the end like question marks were kind of raised about the signings when they were made i think it's a classic case of we were talking about this on our most recent episode weren't they about you know players who are not bad players they're just they just don't fit into any of the systems that 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 aside is is playing i think the the big takeaway from Ghent's window for me was was holding on to Yaramchuk actually he's probably going to go in the summer you know there's a high probability of that but I think holding on on to him to the end of the season was was important you know just to allow them to see some kind of half decent mid-table season through (laughs) Um, so that 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 was kind of my big take because it did look at one point as if he was going to be going out the door before the end for for quite a big fee but it didn't happen yeah it was quite surprising he didn't leave I think yeah I think he needs to be playing European football uh, in my mind I think he's a quality player I really enjoy watching him play so yeah Ghent aren't going to get that next season so I think he'll definitely be off but yeah I think you're right with like Tim Kleindienst it's that classic case of like I just the fit for the system just wasn't there especially when you had Dilem Chuka there already you had Depochler like he's just kind of not the striker they needed he wasn't better than what they had I think and then Bataka as well like he's quite a utility player in a sense he can play lots of different ways he was St. Ludens captain last season as well like yeah just didn't quite fit the mold but yeah like you said keeping your lemtricks definitely big and there are some good players in there that they have bought in in the summer who are making an impact so let's move on to Erpen as we spoke about earlier Rocky Bashirli left Mechelen he's now gone to Erpen instead uh, again, just on loan. Uh, we already talked about Alexander Boyevich joining on loan from Standard Liège. Uh, they also brought in an experienced goalkeeper, in Robin Robin Himmelman from St. Pauli. Joris, I know you are a resident of Hamburg, so I'm not sure if you ever got to go to St. Pauli and see Robert Robin Himmelman play. But what do you think about Erpen's transfer business? No, I, I haven't seen him, unfortunately. Yeah, well, they they needed a goalkeeper, of course, uh, when Ortin the Wolf went to Antwerp, so they they got his got his replacements already on the on the same day. Well, it was also necessary, of course. Yeah, well, quiet window as well. Not convinced by Boljevic. Outgoings again. Not much action here for Erpen. Uh, Neil Schuterdin has joined IK Lanaka in Cyprus on a free. As we already mentioned, Orthvin de Wolf has gone to Antwerp, and Carlos Embolo, uh, who actually played a fair amount for them this season, but he's kind of like dropped out of favour recently. He's gone to Alcalon in Spain again, just on loan. Scott, I guess there's again not much really to add on this one, is there? Like it's just a quiet transfer period for Erpen. Like they've got some good young players there anyway. Like they got yeah. the striker they needed already. Absolutely quiet and uninspiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that pretty much sums it up. This next team definitely didn't have a quiet window and they definitely didn't have an uninspiring window. I think as a group, we're probably quite high on this next team in St. Luden on their window. So they brought in Christian Bruhls from Vestalo for around about 300,000 euros. He scored an absolute screamer uh, the other day. Definitely check that one out if you haven't. They bought an Ilombo and Boyo, as many of you know, centre forward from Kortrijk, around about 300,000 euros as well. So two quite cheap deals for players that are yeah, into their early 30s, but quite experienced. Also brought in on loan from Mines, Dimitri Lavallee, uh, who played a bit for Mines this season. Daiki Hashioka, young right back from the J League, who's also already been capped for Japan. He's only 21 years old. And they also brought in Junior Pierce. He was like a deadline day loney from Antwerp. Scott, since Luden, what are you thinking? Well, I, I think they've had I think they've had the best window of, of all the Pro League sides, actually. I, I really do. I think they've had an absolute they've smashed it. They've absolutely smashed it. I mean, they had an upturn in form in recent weeks, which obviously has been good. But the interesting thing is that some of these players that have come in, not only have they addressed weak positions and are now stronger and have more competition, the players that have been brought in are making an immediate impact as well. So they're not taking time to bed in, uh, which is, you know, of, of added benefit to St. Truden. Um, I think they've had a wonderful window, to be honest. And for me, yeah, like I was saying, they, they, they've had the best window of, of, of all the sides. Peter Mass has now got um, a number of options open to him as well from a coaching point of view. So not only does he have replacements for certain positions, some of the players that have come in uh, can play in more than one position as well. So they've got cover and depth now, which they they haven't, well, I don't know. St. Truden fans will be able to tell us the last time they had a squad that probably had this much depth and, and cover. I think, yeah, they, they walk away with an A plus for me. Yeah, no, definitely. I think kind of like you look at the players they've signed yeah, pretty cheaply in, in Bruls, already made an impact. And Boyo, I already think he's made an impact. Yeah, I quite like him, Boyo. I think he's quite versatile in terms of being able to play out wide. Uh, he helps out with Suzuki as well. Yeah, and as I mentioned, Hashioka from Japan hasn't played yet. But when you just look at this kid's kind of like stats, he's already played 96 games uh, across the J-League, the Champions League over in Asia. Super Cups and stuff like that. Like I've, I'm kind of getting more and more excited about the potential of seeing this guy. Uh, he's on loan, but with an option to buy. Yoris, I'll give you the floor on this one as well. Do you think they've had the best transfer window of all the teams? No, but they did a good job though. Uh, in terms of outgoings, Paul Garcia left to FC Juarez in Mexico for around about 700,000 euros. So I think overall they made 100,000 euros over the course of the transfer window. So that's pretty decent when you consider what they brought in. Uh, Santiago Colombato uh, has joined Leon, also in Mexico, and Sung Woo Lee went to Portimonense in Portugal, again on loan. So they sold one, got a, a fair amount of money and just reinvested it back into the main squad, which is pretty decent. The team that obviously Mboya joined from, Kortreich, will move on to. They finally sorted out the managerial situation, as we spoke about in our last episode. In terms of transfers, Teddy Chevalier makes his return. He has returned from Valenciennes uh, to join Kortreich. Ante Palavesa, a 20-year-old defensive midfielder, has joined on loan from Manchester City. Alexander Radanovic, uh, the centre-back, has joined from Lons. Gaetan Hendricks, as we already mentioned, and yours said, is quite a decent player. He's joined from Shalawa. And Andli Batsula uh, has returned from his loan at Dinamo Minsk and then just been sent back to Dinamo Minsk on a free transfer. So he came and he went. He probably didn't even make it back into Belgium. I'm sure he probably just stayed where he was. Joris, what did you think about 
Kortrijk's transfer business, especially their incomings. Yeah, they also have uh, Zino Gano, Gano, as you already mentioned. Yes, before. of course. But uh, I, I don't know what to make of it. They had a weird window, and I would say a bad one, actually. They let go of some players. They bought, well, Chevalier could be okay, but he's already 33 as well. But And also, it's already third spell at the club. So will he still be as good as the first ones? Most likely not. But is it enough? Maybe, but yeah, also what is it? A few loans, a few Belgians on loan, also because of some rules, uh, regulations, I suppose. Yeah, I don't, I don't know really what to make of it. They put together something, but I don't know what. I think it's a difficult time for Kertrike in a way at the moment, obviously, because we, we know about what's happened around the managerial situation. We, we've talked about that. That that breeds uncertainty. I think a couple of the players who've who've left will be big misses, actually. I think Mboyo will be a miss, and I think Van der Bruggen will be a miss as well. So I, I think, you know, as we were talking recently, I, I think Kertrike are, are going to be changing direction a little bit now, and yeah, let's see what new manager Luca Elsner can, can make of what he's got to work with between between now and the summer I think that's you know that's that's what we have to kind of watch and wait for really obviously Christophe Lepont as well went out um, quite an experienced player gone back to Muscron probably for his, his, his last season so we just really need to see see what happens there but I think it's it's it, yeah I, I tend to agree with you Joris I think um it's been quite a quite a strange window and we just need to watch and wait with this one actually. Yeah, and maybe it has to do with like I'm still wondering what about our financial situation. Maybe they're well, they probably couldn't do much more, but as with everything around that club right now, it's a bit in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah there's a degree of uncertainty, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. We touched on kind of Christophe Laponte actually, and he, he's obviously gone to to, to Muscron, who who we should probably move on to next, shouldn't we? Who I think my thoughts on Muscron's window actually are are what was that all about? I can kind of sum that up. Obviously, they brought in they brought in a couple two 36-year-old ex-Muscron players kind of coming back, uh, Hamdi Harboui and, and Christophe Lepoint, who we just mentioned there. Very, very strange acquisitions. I think Muscon, obviously, their priority is just to 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 stay up. And I think they're probably thinking that those two players, you know, will, will add a little bit of experience that will allow them to do that. Not much more I can say about kind of Muscron's business. Yeah, it's a bit strange to bring in these old players. I don't know. Like, they seem to manage quite well under the manager now. Outgoing, yeah, also not much. It's just a very, very, very quiet window for them. I feel like you'd expect a bit more from them. I don't know, just like with needing to stay up in the position they're in than signing two 36-year-old blokes. But I guess, yeah, it depends what you can afford and what you can really attract, isn't it, really? Like, they could have loaned in the whole Lille squad again, but that didn't quite work in the summer. So probably not the best of ideas. Yeah, should we move on to Circler? I think they've had, yeah, they've had quite an interesting transfer window. Uh, they brought in Hannes van der Bruggen in for like 300,000 euros. I think we we spoke about this one in another one of our podcasts about how they had like an agreement with him and it was kind of like how much they're going to get for him. But yeah, I thought it's quite nice signing. Kevin Denke, he has joined the striker from Nîmes. Uh, Stahina Pavlovic uh, already scored as well. He's joined on loan from who else but Monaco. And Sebastian Bruzesi has joined uh, on a free transfer a 31 year old goalkeeper Scott yeah what do you think about Circular's transfer business 
Pretty decent on the whole. That's kind of my impression. It'd be interesting, kind of, again, these were all obviously things that, that Paul Clement on some level must have signed off on before he was signed off. <laughs> to excuse that bad gag. Nice. Uh, but I think I think there's a couple of um there's a couple of good acquisitions in there. I think Van der is a good one. I think Denki's quite an exciting one, actually. Hoping to see a bit of him. Pavlovich again, another decent one, I think. Bruzis, another goalkeeper. I, I think. I think they've come out of this window stronger than when they went in, which is, is always the most important test. But again, I think their squad, even before the window opened, was was pretty decent. It was just underachieving, you know, as we know. So it's now it's now had a chance to hit the reset button now that Yves van der Hayes come in in the last 24 hours or so. They, they now have two centre-backs uh, with a combined worth of with somewhere between 16 yeah. to 20 million which is, which is more than the, the entire budget of most teams so exactly yeah right yeah that, that's good going in itself isn't it yeah thank you i'm also curious to see him uh previous mm-hmm. summer he was actually linked with uh, the big brother in Bruges, in Bruges, um but in the end that didn't come true and now he signed with Sergler. we'll we'll see how that's how he will develop i, I think he, he he should be a decent talent and well, they could use something next to Uhbo, I guess, or as replacement. Uh, in terms of outgoings, they are definitely saving money on having to pay yellow card fines because uh, Johanna Omelo has <laughs> gone to Turkey. No disrespect to Omelo, I, I quite liked watching him play, but he just always seemed to get booked. Just like one of those players who, proper defensive midfielder, you know, just always getting carded. And um, to be fair, yeah, they also, with the Den- Denki deal, they bought Denki and Ueda, the Japanese centre-back. He went the other way on loan. So they haven't really, like, kind of like you guys have been saying, they haven't really lost anything. They've kind of strengthened. And yeah, the squad's good enough already. I think these players just add a little bit more quality to what they've already got. I quite like Van der Bluggen. I think he's a good, decent player. Yeah, we'll see. Like, I think he's got a job in his hands to kind of get turn the form around and get them going again. But there's definitely talent there. Uh, that can definitely kind of get them out of the slump. And now we finally reach the bottom side of the table uh, in Vazan Bethlen. And yeah, they brought in a couple of players. Sievert Helton Nielsen, uh, defensive midfielder from Elsborg. Uh, he joined for about 450,000 euros. Uh, we got quite a good lowdown on him from our friends over at the Nordic Football Pod, so I'll get to that in a bit. Felix Bastians, the German centre-back, joined from China on a three. On a three. Bill Lafwas, 21-year-old goalkeeper, joined from Maastricht in Holland on a three. Jeremy... Sanchez. Thank you. Uh, he joined on loan from Hercules. And as we already said, Lou Verstata has returned uh, on loan from Antwerp, which I think is a good deal for Louis. Uh, he wasn't really getting much playing time at Antwerp, so it gives him a chance to get some more game time under his belt. Joris, what do you think about Vaseline Beveren's transfer dealings? And once you've said that, I'll give the listeners a lowdown on Nielsen. I can't say much about Nielsen because I'm curious to hear about it as well. For the rest, indeed, good that uh, Verstraten came. The one thing maybe is with with my, they already had quite an okay for at least for the position that they're in and like for for the teams fighting for for relegation, they got an okay central midfield and now they brought in Nielsen and Verstraten, uh, another two midfielders. So it will be interesting to see um, how how they will set up and if it's just for in. The, yeah, if it's more as a backup uh, that one or one of these two was brought in. Uh, for the rest, yeah, Sancho didn't really get much playing time at, in uh, Almolo anymore. And the Bastians and Lothauers, I can't really say much about. So it will be a discovery, I think, for me. Even. <laughs> 
Yeah, massive thanks to uh, Steve over at the Nordic Football Podcast for giving me the lowdown on Nielsen. So he's kind of he's a very good defensive midfielder, kind of like all good round strength. So he used to play for Bland in Norway, the team based in Bergen. He was a key player for them. And kind of, he says, basically, since he left, they've never really been the same. Brand have had a pretty terrible season. It's kind of biggest strengths of positioning and tackling, which I think would be good for a side like Bergen, who kind of will be on the defensive more. Good at breaking up play, disrupting opposition attacks. Kind of all-round good defensive midfielder. Signs from Elsborg, who finished second in the Alsvenskan this year. So a very, very good team. Uh, he played a lot for them as well. He played most of the games, I believe. So quite an interesting one. They're getting in, like, it sounds like they're getting in a quality quality defensive midfielder uh, as you always already said they've got some other central midfielders there so it's kind of like they've got a bit more um i guess competition for places within that central midfield scott what do you think about what they've done i think the thing i took away from it was that they've they've spent a, a very small amount of money but i think they had to spend something they obviously had to throw something at this window uh, because of the situation they're in and only time will tell whether that that that's going to be a contributing factor to to saving them or or not this season i think in terms of the acquisitions i'm not sure too many of the ones that have come in are going to make a big enough impression quickly you would hope that nielsen would he's he's the head Line one, and he he might be able to, to to make a difference. But again, he's a defensive midfielder, so you know that's about kind of stemming stemming the the tide a little bit, isn't it? And and kind of keeping the pressure on on Frey, Fry, sorry, to, to kind of keep scoring goals as well. So we just need to wait and see uh, with that one very much. I think. Yeah, I know. when Felix Bastian's, to be fair, like I know a lot of Bochum fans. He's like kind of like a a slight like cult hero for them. They really, really liked him as a centre-back when he played for them. And I know quite a few Bochum fans on Twitter really wanted him to make a comeback to Bochum at some point. But So I feel like he could be actually like a sneaky good signing for them. But like you said, if he can get up and running quick enough, uh, especially as a centre-back, like defensively more, the more the better they can be defensively, the better chance they'll have to stay up. In terms of outgoings, again, not, not a tonne of... Big time players that have been playing quite a bit for them. Uh, Lucas Pellard, the goalkeeper, he's gone on loan to Union Saint Germain. Uh, Paul Cater, 28 year old defence midfielder, has gone to Turkey. Alex Gamboa has gone to Costa Rica on loan, I believe. Uh, Matthias Verref, uh, young left winger, has gone to Kolding IF in Denmark on loan. Uh, Melvin City didn't really play much, has returned to Norwich on loan. And Andrea Vucevic, the left back, has been released. So, yeah, in terms of outgoings, I didn't think we ever really expected them to be doing a lot of business in that sense, because unless it was kind of like a key player moving on for like a big transfer fee, there's not really much to leave really is there from from Beveren no not really not really and like I say I think the main thing to take away was I think they had to they had to spend something I think and they've done that Nielsen you know as we've talked about he's he's the interesting one and the one that I think will be obviously thrown straight straight into the side and expected to to make an impact I think you know thinking about Beveren they, they've not been playing badly in recent weeks at all you know we touched it there you know the game against Antwerp a few days ago was the perfect example of this you know they're not playing badly, but you know they they're losing poor goals at key moments and uh, which are which are kind of turning games. So if they can stop that between now and the end of the season, they they, they will still have a chance because of how competitive this league is. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, so that kind of sums up. That is the end of our kind of roundup of all these chances. But before we do move on, I want to ask you guys two questions. I guess they might 
come up with the same answer. So, George, I'm going to start with you. Who do you think has been the best transfer of January, the best January transfer? And who do you think is, is going to be like the surprise January transfer that we wouldn't really think about, but it's actually going to come good in the end. We'll all look back and think it was a really good deal. Good question. So I think actually we probably can look into Intradan again. And yeah, I think Brühl's probably will prove to be the best one. And the surprise will be, I guess, Denki. I'm not sure if it's really going to be a surprise, but yeah, I think so. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Scott, same questions. Good shouts there, actually, guys. I think I think Brules, Brules is a name I, you know, I would have thrown at that. Dost is an obvious one, but I think he's already proven his point there as well um, to probably be one of the best because of the start he's had. Uh, the surprise, I would, I would, I, I'll go with Brules, even though he's started to make an impression as well. For me, tough one. I think in the long run, I really like the look of Preciado at Genk, and I feel like he's mm. gonna end up being the signing of this of the January window obviously yeah like we all said Dost is kind of just like a an easy one to pick because it is probably the standout one in terms of surprise ones I, I'm going to go for Nielsen from what the guys at Nordic Pod have said and what Elsborg did last season I feel like he could be a really kind of interesting surprise signing that would kind of get overlooked because of who he signed for and the position they're in but I feel like if he plays the way that he's been described to play I think he could make a real big difference and yeah I think that pretty much wraps up this bumper episode bumper transfer window special we told you all it was going to be a long one and we hope you've stuck with us until the end of the episode as always we'll be back again soon with another flagship as we like to call them episode where we'll just look back on all the action from the weekend we also have a special episode coming up that we're very excited about you'll know more about that hopefully next week but yeah as always thanks for listening to the belgian football podcast and we hope to speak to you again soon